Welcome, everyone, to the Change Starts Here podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Odom. And on this week's episode, we welcome principal from California, Dr. Gabriel Cardenas. He's the principal of Jansen Elementary School, who is, or which is the second elementary school in the world to receive Leader Me's Legacy Award, which, uh, for lack of a better description, it just means it's a school. So we have these lighthouse schools, and the lighthouse schools are just the schools that, as soon as you walk in, as an educator, you know that you want to work there and you know you want your kids to go there. And a legacy school is a school that has been a lighthouse school for eight years or more and is just doing transformative work with their student empowerment, with their teacher empowerment, with their family empowerment, um, and their community engagement. Dr. Cardenas is someone who embodies humble leadership. And you'll hear that throughout the interview. The other cool thing is uh, he actually is hosting a global leadership day. Last year, we had a virtual global leadership day at AB Combs that had uh, 6,500 participants. And quite honestly, when I saw that was there, I was like, man, how, how impactful could that be? It's on, you know, it's online, it's virtual, it's all the people. The feedback we got about the impact and the inspiration people walked away with from that day was incredible, which is why we're having another one. And so on March 30th, uh, Gabriel and his staff are hosting, and his kids, more, most importantly, are hosting a Global Leadership Day, which I hope you will all make time for. It's about three hours of your day on March 30th, and it will totally be worth it. As Gabriel says at the end, uh, you will come to learn and leave smarter but also way more inspired to do this work this is a great conversation the humility that um this gentleman has is is just awesome both of us what's funny is both of us were in hotels the first time i think i've taped the podcast uh, anywhere besides right here in the studio uh and i was in a hotel in milwaukee i think he was in a conference center uh in Pasadena. And so it's funny for us trying to figure out how the technology works. If the sound doesn't work that well, I apologize. I think we've got it all figured out, but if it sounds a little bit off, please stick with it because Gabriel's just a thoughtful person. He talks about uh, the power of giving up control and uh, trusting your staff to lead well and come up with great ideas. He talks about uh, what it looks like to see what real student empowerment looks and feels like. Um, yeah, it just, this is a really cool conversation from a really, really great person. And so listen to the conversation, you'll learn a ton, but also think about joining us on March 30th for his Global Leadership Day. Uh, thanks for, again, if you're a subscriber, thanks again for being a subscriber. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Um, the goal of this podcast is to help all of us, uh, including me, become a better leader, a better uh, listener better servant of others. And I think this conversation goes a long way of getting us there. So thanks for listening. Enjoy this conversation. Bye. So Gabriel, thank you for being making time to be here with us today. Great. Great to be here, Dustin. Thank you for having me. Uh, we both are living, for those of you who can't uh, see, or if you can see, if you're watching this, uh, I am in a hotel lobby and Gabriel, I think you're in a hotel or conference room lobby or somewhere, right? Yes, uh, I'm also at a conference right now, so I'm trying to multitask here and get this here uh, and spend some quality time with you, Dustin. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate it so much. So uh, let's start off with the same question we start with everybody. Who are you and what do you love about what you do? All right, great question. So who am I? So my name is Gabriel Cardenas, and I am uh, the current principal at Jansen School in Rosemead. It's a K-6 elementary school. Of course, a leader in me school, a lighthouse school, which we're really proud of. 
And and most uh, recently, we're very honored and humbled to have just been named a the second legacy school in the world. So we're very excited for that. Uh, I, it's an attribute to and, and a thanks to our entire staff and community for all the hard work they do for our kids. Um, so that's who I am. I've been there 13 years. And uh, I wow. must say, they say you know, they say you have you know uh, time flies when you're having fun. It's flying by fast. It's so much fun. It's, it's a great time. Well, uh, for those of you who are listening who don't know what a legacy school or a lighthouse school is, uh, the best way I can simplify a lighthouse school, for me, again, this is the best compliment I can give any school, is it's a school, as soon as you walk in, if you're an educator, you know you want your kids to go there and you would love to work there because every day you feel is filled with intention and purpose. Um, do you? So one, it's really challenging to become a lighthouse school. Uh, two, I mean, you're the the second, I mean, after A.B. Combs, I think you're the only school to be a legacy school. So you've been a lighthouse school for eight years. I mean, what do you think distinguishes the leadership of your school or the culture of your school in a way that uh, you think can help others uh, improve their school communities? It's a great question. Uh, obviously, it's been, a, it's been a journey, a long journey, and uh, we've taken each step, you know, a piece by piece and really tried to, to to create that vision. I think the most important thing that really helped our school was having a very clear purpose and vision. And I recall going back to uh, visit Marietta School in North Carolina, my goodness, 13 years ago. And I said, how am I gonna get this vision, what I'm seeing right here, right now, back to Rosemead? And uh, so what I did was I just basically just came up with the vision and the plan, worked collaboratively with my staff and community. And little by little, we just you know kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. But the most important thing was is uh, is we want to remind ourselves of why and why we do what we do. Uh, we're not here for the paycheck. We're not here for the glory. We're here to, uh, to to change lives and to help kids. So in short, I love to model what I preach. I I want people to feel welcome when they mm. walk on our campus. And uh, if I can't model it, then I'm preaching to the wrong choir, right? So I always do my best to do my part and show this is what I want. Our, our guests and our students to experience. So when you think about your school, what are the components that make your school so unique? Like when I think about a legacy school, I, again, I've been to A.B. Combs. Uh, I, I can't begin to describe like what are the foundational building blocks of that? So what, what makes Jansen tick? I think it's the people. And what I mean by that is you walk onto our campus, um, everyone you walk by will greet you. Uh, they, they, they won't turn their head. They won't look down. You know, if they don't know you, they'll give you at least a nice smile or not, or they'll, or they'll take the time to introduce you. And I'm not just talking about adults. I'm also talking about students as young as five years old. And we, mm. we preach that and we practice that. Every student can learn how to, to be a great citizen for society, right? Forget the academics. Uh, we're just talking about life uh, principles and being a great uh, model citizen. That's one thing everyone will experience when they walk on our campus. Also, you'll see a lot of uniformity. A lot of uh, every classrooms, you know, we have common uh, language across the campus. Um, of course, it's altered. The way, uh, just take an example, I have it. What, a, what be proactive means in the sixth grade is completely different than that of a kindergarten classroom. But you see the word be proactive, they're all gonna relate that we're talking the same language. So that's yeah. very uh, evident when you walk on our campus. And also you're gonna see a lot of uh, a signage. We didn't have much in the beginning. I always felt it was important that the staff and the community and the students understand what we're about, what our purpose is, before we start 
branding our school with you know with signage. So now all that's coming together, and and now we get to kind of enjoy the uh, the fruits of our labor, right? And then keep moving forward. That's awesome. So when you first uh, were introduced to Leader Me Work, what was it that your school as a leader? What were you trying to solve for? What were you trying to get better at? Or what kind of pain points were you trying to fix in your school community? You know, everyone who's in education, and I'll start with the teachers, we all come in because we want to we want to help kids. And, yep. I, you know, teachers are the most creative professional people I know, right? I mean, I go in classrooms and I'm seeing things that I could have never thought of. And what I first thought when I came back was, I got to find a way to re-energize our staff. I felt that there was, there was a need for, for some type of, I guess, uh, innovation to get the, the, the staff going again. And I remember when we first brought back what a leader in musical would look like by pulling certain kids together and having them uh, showcase those skills in this, uh, in our first open house we had back in 2010 the eyes and the reflection of the staff when they saw kindergartners, first, second graders on stage speaking in front of hundreds of people and watching the staff break down in tears. But it was tears of, of, of just, how can I say it? It was tears of joy. They were just crying. They were excited. And I remember the next morning staff coming up and just saying, you know, Gabriel, I, I see your vision and I see what you're talking about. And what I just saw last night just re-energized who I am and why I'm here. So thank you for that. And I think by doing that, it just reminds them that, hey, you know, everyone here has a gift and everyone here can contribute to this vision. And that was a big part of it, Dustin. And I think moving forward, it's just now become the expectation. Uh, the staff knows why we're here. And, you know, and there's those days when we're going to have those off days and bad days. But it's nice that the culture is so friendly now that we can go ahead and we can talk to each other, and help each other out. That's what I was going to ask you is that, you know, the, the, the people that we know that are mutual friends of ours uh, love your passion and optimism, but they also appreciate your realism. And so when I think, you know, when I hear you say, you know, we're joyful and excited and on mission, I mean, the last couple of years have been some of the hardest in education. My wife is a, a district official in her district. And, you know, I've been a long time educator. Most of our friends are educators in the last two or three years have been really, really challenging. So how do you, how do you keep people focused on mission, legacy, and passion in the midst of real personal and professional challenges? Right. That's another great question. And it was tough. Uh, I will say this. I would say there, there, right at the beginning of the whole pandemic and we shut down in March, um, that transition period and going, you know, to complete shutdown and then transforming to uh, distance learning and quickly trying to get the staff on, you know, on board with technology and uh, all the different uh, changes. It was it was really it was rough. And at one point, I remember um, having a conversation with my wife at home and my kids and at the dinner table and I just looked at them and I said, I know I've been a principal there for X amount of years, but I feel like I'm a first year principal again. This is tough. This is tough. Um, but overall, because of the culture and the relationships that we built amongst one another, we focus a lot on what we already do that's great for kids and how we're celebrating all the success. You know, teachers and support staff jumped on board. Hey, I can help with this and I can help with that. And in reference to keeping our, our standards and keeping our culture leader in me, we didn't go above and beyond. We just quickly just adjusted. All right, we can't have a PLC in a wig room in person. Let's make it virtual. I'm great at this. I can work on that. Boom, two, three teachers jumped on that. Another teacher goes, you know, 
I know we can't do the leadership notebooks because we can't be on campus, but I got this great program. I can use Google this, Google that. Boom, I'll share it. So little by little, when you talk about it takes a village to raise a child, that's what Jansen did. Staff just kept jumping on board and helping, and not just teachers, support staff. We had parents chiming in. It just all came together. But before we did all that, the important part was I made sure I checked in with the staff. I would make phone calls. I would send text messages and just check in. Hey, how are you? How's it going? And I think when I did that, it really um, seemed to really help the staff understand that it's not just about work. It's about ourselves and taking care of ourselves. And that, I think, went a long way. So uh, relationships are important. Well, another thing that I, I hear that you guys are really well known for is empowering students. You know, I, I was in prepping for this. I, I looked at your Twitter handle, which I don't I don't know how often you go to, but it said, uh, you know, about Jansen Elementary School where kids can do no wrong and the sky is the limit, I believe. That's right. And as a as a parent with young kids, I can assure you my kids can do wrong. Uh, so I'm curious what your take is on that, because it's provocative and nothing else. So tell me about that. You know, several times students will come into my principal's office and most people think growing up, at least me growing up as a kid, if I were sent to the principal's office, it was not a good thing, right? And uh, I got this an imaginary sign when kids walk in, I always tell them, you know, you're pre-forgiven. You're walking in my office, but we're going to fix it. And yes, I mean, of course, we all make mistakes. I mean, I'm probably the number one person in the whole school who makes the most mistakes than anybody else. And what I mean by kids can do no wrong is we as adults, we have to have that open mindset that kids are going to make mistakes, but we have to let our children know that it's okay to make mistakes and we learn and grow from them. So are they going to uh, make wrong choices? Are they going to make you know wrong decisions? Absolutely. But in my mind and in the mind of adults, we're there to kind of help alter and change that and hopefully redirect them to do the right thing next time. Um, it seems to be, you know, it's helped quite a bit. Um, our disciplinary issues have gone down tremendously at our school. I think kids are comfortable knowing that, all right, if I make mistakes, there's going to be consequences, but I think they're also going to help me learn to fix those moving forward. So you, your school struggled with behavior issues. Uh, and I, as I was starting to go down before I took my pivot was you guys are, you know, your student empowerment and student voice is something that it seems like your community is known for. Um, one, how do you build that and what does that even look like? And how did how do you think empowering more students to lead or see themselves as leaders helped play a role in reducing your discipline infractions? First of all, we got to make them feel welcome. Like this is their second home. And that's why I'm always telling kids, you know, respect your property, respect your classroom, respect your belongings. I mean, you're here six to eight hours a day. Uh, aside, from, aside from being home, you're here and you need to take care of it like it's your own home. And also, you also have to play a responsible. You have to have a responsibility in a, in a role in this too. Yes, adults run the, you know, have the jobs and the titles, but you also have a voice. And we encourage students to share their voice. We, uh, we, we, we definitely always coach them. We're helping them, and of course, we always look for volunteers or students who are interested in participating in leadership roles, with such as items like action teams, student lighthouse teams. But besides that. We also encourage students who are not volunteering or not very comfortable with leadership roles, give them a chance to do it. And what we find interesting about that is the shy kids or the ones that really don't want to speak or do much are the ones that actually stand out. And it's, it's great to see just how well they can speak or how, how much um, responsibility they can really handle when you give them an opportunity. 
they're amazing. And I always encourage staff, okay, you know, for example, we have back to school night coming up. Please select one or two students who are going to speak in front of all of our parents and introduce you and see a few speaking parts. And I don't care how you do it. If you want to do a tryout or if you want to just pick non-volunteers or go with the volunteers, either way. And what that does, teachers get so creative. Yeah, I'm going to do a rap or I'm going to do a trial. I'm going to do America's Got Talent, see who's, who's going to get it. And it gets them all excited. Um, it, it, so there's various ways to answer that question, Dustin. But teachers, again, are very creative and they find the really cool way to say, hey, Gabriel, I got this student. You might want to talk to him or her. She's, I mean, she's, she's got such a gift. I, I know that we can definitely showcase that, and this will be great for, you know, for him and his self-esteem because we feel he needs a little more. Um, that's just one example, Dustin, where this one child in kindergarten, um, very shy, very smart, um, doesn't want to speak much. Turned out he was an actor, and we found him on a couple of TV shows and commercials, brought him out, started showcasing him. Uh, he was part of our keynote presentation for one of our leadership days. And now he's a third grader. This young man won't stop talking. He's great. I mean, social skills. How are you? Shaking hands. You know, is there any other leadership roles for me, Dr. Cardenas? I would love to participate. But that simple moment just opened him up. And we're hoping that that's the case for many kids. Did did you all, and you may have been blessed with not having this challenge, but one of the things that I, I wonder is I've seen some schools when they're first coming into the student leadership, student voice, student empowerment world. They think, well, this this student has a lot of discipline issues, attendance issues, has shown up. They don't necessarily deserve the role yet. Did you face any of those challenges? And how did you switch people's paradigms to recognizing that like these leadership opportunities could be the catalyst for better choices from the students in the future? Absolutely. hundred uh, percent correct. Uh, and yes, we have and we still do experience those situations. Uh, we have kids, um, I've been questioned by my own staff saying, why would you pick this student to, to have a leadership role? Um, again, not doing homework, grades are low, uh, gotten a couple of disciplinary issues. And what I try to get the staff to understand is to really see the whole picture. You know, we're here not just for grades, we're here to develop the whole child. And we don't know what's going on at home all the time, and we don't know what they're going through. And the, that teacher, that support staff member, or myself can be the only ones that are just wishing that child a great morning or a great day every day. And I've seen, and, and so what I do is I talk to the staff and say, trust me on this, or you know what, this gives this child a chance. Now it doesn't always work, I'll be honest, it doesn't always work, but I will see a high percentage of students that we've come across who've experienced that kind of environment um, does turn out that it does really turn them around, they get more confident, they build that trusting relationship with the staff that they actually turn their behavior around for the better. So in the journey from peeking over the fence at AB Combs and deciding to be a leader in music school to now being one of only two legacy schools in the world, um, what have been the improvements in terms of data or district expectations that you've noticed in your school, you know, like measurements that, that your district cares about? I, I do recall the very first year we went full steam on the implementation of the leader in me. Um, our overall test scores did drop, not much, but it took a little dip. And I, I recall the staff like, no, you see what happens, all this investment in time. And, and I knew it was going to take away from academics. And I reminded the staff, I said, remember, it's about the whole child. It's not all about test scores. It's not about test scores. We're talking about, you know, five to 12 year olds here. And um, 
moving forward now, fast forward 13 years later, we've had the highest uh, test scores in the district. We uh, back before the SBAC, we had API scores. We we jumped over uh, a, an elementary school that was always a top. We we did that, and um, we received several awards. Uh, most recently in 2020, we got the California Distinguished School Award, which is a great honor uh, with our demographics. We've gotten um, PBIS Gold Level Recognition, which is a, a program that promotes pro positive behavior throughout our school. And we've also gotten uh, honor roll recognition and other various um, titles uh, by other companies that we're just very proud of. And I really do feel it's an attribute of the environment. Kids are happy, staff is happy, and when you're happy, you're gonna do more, right? Well, uh, going down that path, you know, kids are happy, staff happy. I also understand you've done a pretty good job of uh, engaging your families as well as your community. Can you talk about a little bit what y'all have done there to gauge families as well as uh, some of the people who in the community who maybe supported your success over the years? Absolutely. So we, we have uh, partnered up with a couple of business, local businesses nearby, in particular Panda Restaurant Group. Their headquarters is down the street and um, they've been amazing partners. Uh, also with our Hilton Deviltree uh, down the street. I remember once they reached out asking, hey, uh, we heard about your school. Is there anything we can do you know, to help promote leadership? Same thing with the Wells Fargo Bank and Cathway Bank. And what we've done um, is we've invited them over to kind of contribute. Maybe if it's through Reading is Fundamental or Reading Program, they'll come out and their employees will dress up with the Jensen Jaguar mascot on or they'll go to classrooms and read. There's been moments where the Hilton Deviltree or the Panda Restaurant Group will invite our student lighthouse team of 16 kids to go down and spend the day and, and, and visit with the different managers, departments, and ask them questions to see, look, if you begin with the end in mind, if you're really interested in doing this kind of work, this is what you'll be doing. Here's my cubicle, here's my office. So that, those partnerships have been awesome. We're very close also with our city council uh, members and uh, of course our board of trustees has always been very supportive of our work. So all those partnerships help that it's even influenced other parents who will reach out. Hey, Dr. Jardines, I see that you took the kids here and there. I mean, is there anything we can do? I know other companies that might want to help. So by bringing them along, it also helps support the, the journey of, of what we're trying to do here. I, in preparation for our conversation, you know, I reached out to a few different folks and somebody made me aware of that you have alumni who've been pretty successful yes. and they cite their elementary school experience with you or their, 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 their school experience with you as a key to success. That is not normal. Why do you think that is? What do you think sets Jansen's uh, community apart or experience apart uh, to, to have that stay with your kids so long? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we're doing something right, right? You know, I, I think it's the, um, I'm hoping that they're feeling that they were truly loved and cared about when they were at, at Jansen. I know when I do hear of, of uh, success stories or even if it's middle school or high school, the minute they leave our school, I'll reach out to their parents, you know, or I'll reach out to them. Hey, I heard this great news. You're going to be attending MIT. Hey, I heard you're going to USC or hey, I heard you're on the dance team or you made the soccer team at the high school. And those little messages, I mean, those staff will, and those parents or those former students will come back and say, you know, Dr. Cardenas, I'm really happy you reached out. It, it means a lot because it wasn't just when I was at Jansen. You're still reaching out. I even have staff members who get so excited when the kids come back to visit. Can I come back and see Mr. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so? Absolutely. So those connections are very important, and it really does um, impact those kids. Uh, well, uh, for those people who are interested, and I hope everyone listening is interested, 
you get to be a part of one of the coolest global events that uh, I've heard about. I think last year we had 6,500 attendees uh, for a global leadership day. And you guys are getting to host this one. Uh, why? What, what's unique about the experience as people are trying to figure out if they should come or not? Well, you're definitely going to see student empowerment. Uh, you will get to see uh, what the Leader ME culture um, has done for our school and what it's doing for thousands of schools. I believe there's over 5,000 plus Leader ME schools across, uh, across the world. Um, and the, what I really enjoy most about Leadership Day, and in this case, it'll be uh, the Global Leadership Day, is it's student, it's student ran, student led. And I, I remember one of the first leadership days, um, Dustin, where the staff like, no, what if the child doesn't pronounce it right? Or what if he forgets a line? Like, it's okay. It's a, it's an elementary school and it, it, it's great. It's okay when kids make mistakes. I remember one thing seen with Muriel Summers at AB Combs, watching one of her leadership days and the child froze. He had the microphone and he just didn't want to say a thing. And what Muriel did was amazing. She, she had the child, you know, sit back down. That's okay. An hour and a half later, she goes, I know we're, we're, we're kind of going off the agenda, but this is the school and I'm going to bring so-and-so back on here again because he's ready now. He's ready for his part. And it was just one line. And that child came up there and he said the one line. And I get emotional just thinking about it. And um, the audience just stood up and just started giving this kid a, a standing ovation. And it was one line, but that one line, I guarantee you that kindergartner will never forget that moment that that he had a principal who gave him a second chance and a hug and a standing ovation think about the impact and the why and what that's going to do for that kid so when we have kids up here and you see us on global leadership day it's okay if kids make mistakes we're doing this for them so i hope you know if you do attend and, and you and you get to watch i hope it's something that you can take back and see how it can affect uh a, a, such a positive impact for you and your staff yeah, if you think about um, where you know you were a decade ago, peeking over the fence, trying to see, uh, or you know where you were five years ago, right? So like, what what kind of encouragement when you think, hey, come come to this. Here here's what you can expect. You'll leave inspired. You'll leave informed. You'll leave educated. What what are those things that people will take away, knowing that you know if they give up some of their time to come to this event? I think they're going to see uh, the possibilities. You know, uh, especially going through a pandemic like this, I think they're going to see one. I, I'm hoping it's going to it's going to re-energize them like it re-energized Jansen when we first showed this to them. Uh, hopefully, it'll bring them back some ideas that they can quickly um, share with their colleagues um, or even their families, and maybe come back and say, "Hey, you know what? We can do this at our school." Because I, I, you know what, the truth is, anybody can do it. You just got. I, I think you just have to kind of see it, and watching kids lead and watching kids. Uh, be empowered goes a long way a lot of times we'll talk about things but until you see it dustin um, i think participants who, who register and watch this event are are truly going to feel inspired that you know kids are our future and with caring and loving adults who are going to put their maximum effort for these kids we can really change this world for a better place so uh gabriel tell us uh i know people can go online to leaderme.org slash events tab to register but when is this event uh, where they're going to get inspired? So the event takes place uh, at the end of this month. It's March 30th, and it'll be online. It's a virtual uh, platform, and it'll be from 8.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to 11.30. 
Uh, it will start with uh, students from A.B. Combs in North Carolina, and they will just pass the torch over to Jansen School in Rosemary, California. So we're covering all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast and everyone <laughs> around the world. So, yeah, please pop in and, and, and check it out. You would not be disappointed. Kids are awesome. Every year, you know, how do we keep it to where it feels like something new and exciting? You know, um, so to add to how you keep it fresh, one thing I also wanted to share is during this pandemic, and I know there was a lot on all of our educators' plates right now, right? Um, besides a typical day of what we do as educators, there was there was added layers, right? Now you got new safety protocols. Now you got the mask mandate. Now you got to do, you know, the COVID testing. One of the things that I found that helped us keep it going was just to come back and let's, let's revisit and let's see what we have going now for the Leader in Me culture. What does our school currently do? And let's just focus on sustaining that and solidifying where we're at. Because there will be times we won't want to add more because we want to balance, right? You never want to go ahead and put too much on a school's culture or on the kids' plates. So I'm, I'm very mindful of that, uh, in particular this past year with the pandemic. We just kind of say, let's keep it at status quo, but let's make sure we tighten up the screws and make it work. And let's continue to give these kids the opportunities we've given them in the past. And when things get better on those great years, then we invite the staff to bring up those really cool ideas. And then we figure out as a team, okay, how are we going to make it work? So again, in short, allow your staff and team to come up with great ideas to bring it up to the next level. Creativity, give everybody a voice. That's awesome. All right. So the last four questions that we ask everybody uh, for this season anyways, uh, just give us insight into your leadership and who you are as a person. Okay. And so our first question is, what habits or disciplines do you use either on a daily or weekly basis that help you uh, be the best version of yourself and the best leader you can be? Okay, well, a uh, couple. One, I'm very goal-oriented. So, I, you know, I set a goal. I, I like to consider myself like a, a doer. Um, if something needs to be done, I'm going to figure out how to do it. If I can't do it, I'm going to definitely work with teammates to get it done. Wake up in the morning morning prayers, get my cup of coffee, and it's okay. Let's take a look at the calendar. What needs to be done today? Uh, also, too, um, I'm always looking to find balance. It's very important to, to really balance my life. When I'm not working, I'm really learning to kind of shut down a little bit and focus my time with my daughters and my wife. Um, if, we were, if we're going to promote the habits that we're going to promote to take care of yourself, you got to model it as well. Um, so those two things for sure. Go oriented and also find balance for myself. How do you uh, make sure you actually turn off those times? Because I feel like most school, I'm, I'm similar to you. I'm very goal-oriented. Most of my friends, even my wife, very goal-oriented. Uh, and she knows she should turn off, but sometimes it's really hard. How do you create the accountability around you so you actually turn off? You know, i am be honest. I don't 100% turn off. I try my best, <laughs> but I try to either put my work phone on silent or put it away somewhere where I'm, it's, it's not... Uh, uh, easily accessible. I've learned. So what I've done now is I put my phone somewhere away where it's not reachable, or I'll have it charged somewhere else, not in my bedroom. I mean, I'll go in there and look once in a while. But I've also learned to let the staff know. You know, unless it's a really big emergency, I'm probably not going to check my phone this weekend. And they've kind of learned to respect that. And I think by little, little by little, because I I am quick to respond. Um, I don't think I, I actually get much. Um, many questions or, or, or things asked of me during the weekend because I'm also encouraging the staff to take care of themselves as well. Awesome. All right. So uh, when you do have downtime, I don't know when that is for you, uh, what what books or podcasts are you reading or listening to that have made a really big impact on your life? It could be a book that you read a long time ago or one that you read recently, but you think other people really need to look into. 
Um, you know, Dustin, I, I'm not sure if you know this, but two years ago, I, I finished my, um, my, my doc, doctoral degree and I did a lot of, I was on educational leadership and learned many great things about how to work with people and uh, how to be a better leader. And there was one book that stood out and that's called Leadership is an Art by Max Dupree. And um, I'll go back. It's, 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 it's a very simple read, very easy, but it's simple tools and uh, behaviors that you can implement right away. Easy to reflect on. Uh, and besides that book, I also um, thank goodness for uh, Amazon. I got a lot of books on audio. So those long drive homes on a Friday in traffic, just press play and they're on there. And it's great because, you know, it, it just it just kind of helps me get through certain issues or certain things, ways that I want to possibly address, either calling a parent or, or talking to a staff member. So again, leadership books, I love those. And for fun, if I want to read something fun, you know, I love to uh, watch the ESPN app. I love sports. I support that wholeheartedly. Uh, you live in California. You guys have traffic. I didn't think that's how, that surprises me. Uh, yeah. Can you give me some insight of what traffic actually looks like? Because I think I have traffic in St. Louis, and I think that's right. probably like a Sunday morning for you. Traffic uh, in the okay, uh, simple eleven mile ride on a Friday after work. Probably take about forty five minutes to an hour. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I can hold it together that long. Yeah, so I, I like to have either sunflower seeds with me or a good book on audio or or maybe listen to uh, some really good music that my kids have introduced me to. So that's my next question. When you're not listening to a good book or having sports in the background, what's on your playlist, either working out or driving forever in traffic? I, I listen to all kinds of music. Um, and the reason why I do that, too, because when I'm with my kids, I always try to educate them. Hey, there's other music besides, you know, the current trendy music you all listen to here. And uh, but to answer your question, I got two favorite bands. I love Depeche Mode. That's back in the 80s. Sort of big, big David Gohan fan. Uh, and I also love uh, a Colombian artist named Juanes. And I listen to him, too. So I listen to all kinds of music. But yeah, there, there is no favorite music. If it's a good beat, you know, hey, I'm all for it. Those are those are impressive drops. I did not expect the Pesh mode uh, to be brought up today. That's impressive. Um, my mom introduced me to Pesh mode as a kid, and I love them as well. Uh, all right. So last question before we let you go uh, back to the catering that some people have been able to hear and not hear. I'm sure they're waiting for you. But uh, as a as a great leader, you're around inspirational people all the time. You're whether it's through social media where you're seeing like video clips or um, quotes or great books you're reading or are listening to um you've you there's got to be some advice you've come across recently that you just can't get out of your head and i'm curious when you think about leadership advice or people embracing change in their life or leading their teams well and creating trust what's the best piece of leadership advice that you've come across recently that you think you just you got to share with people the best leadership advice that's a good question i've gotten so much good advice right uh, <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of good advice, but I think is yeah, I have to have a, uh, an open mindset, and uh, uh, you know, it, it's it's always a good idea to listen to people, um, regardless if you agree or disagree. There's so much to learn, and and I, and in my whole entire lifetime, I'll never learn everything I want to learn. But my biggest key thing is um, good advice is to listen to others who've been there, done that, and have been successful. Um, they got a story to tell and you know most of the time i find things and listen and like you know what i'm glad i heard that if i would have known that let's see a week or two ago i could have definitely have solved a certain issue or i could have done something a different way 
So yeah, listen to others, especially those who've gone through it. So again, I think the challenge is, is that, you know, you've got these great teachers who, you know, you're empowering, but, you know, some folks find that they're, they don't do that because they're scared of uh, creating too much stress or too much of a workload. How do you find that balance? That That's 100 percent true. And I did experience that when I first started at Jensen. It was, you know, I had to be really careful of what I was asking and how I would have conversations. So let me go back. Before we even do that, my recommendation would be really build those trusting relationships. Get to know who, who you're working with and also let them know who you are. And um, I try to be as transparent as possible and also really uh, practice listening you know, with, with empathy and really understand um, where they're coming from. And treat everyone as human beings. Yes, we're educators. Yes, we're, we're, we're professionals. But at the end of the day, we also have families. We're human beings. And we're all here for the same purpose, and that is for kids. So build those relationships, trusting relationships, and uh, the staff will definitely do more for you. And in return, of course, I'm always going to do more for my staff as well. Gabriel, this was inspiring. I know that uh, if we want to continue to get inspired, we'll come see you on March 30th. Again, if you haven't uh, registered, please register. Gabriel, this has been awesome. I appreciate I know you're at a conference. Uh, I think by the time people hear the final draft, maybe most of those ice bucket carts that have been passing you will be edited out. But if just in case one or two of them made the final floor cut, uh, thank you for kind of finding your best place possible to hide and talk to us and have a really deep conversation. Yeah, I appreciate it. Sorry about that. But now I feel like having some ice too. So I'll go yeah. find <laughs> Anyway, it's been well, great. Justin. I appreciate your time. It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, this is great. And I will see you on the 30th. I appreciate you so much. All right. Thanks so much. Please support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel, uh, podcast on Apple or Spotify, and help us celebrate the beautiful, messy work of shaping human potential. Mm-hmm.